One slate. One slate. No one runs worse. Those are phrases that are repeated a lot on this channel, and I wish they weren't. But one slate, and no one runs worse. Okay? One, one slate, and no one runs worse. Oh, yeah. Two injuries I deal with still easily cash in tournaments. Had Killen Hayes and Chris Duarte not gotten injured, would have been a massive night. You're thinking, oh, that's, that's so incredible. Incredibly unlucky to get like that is like the most unlucky thing I've ever seen. There's no way you had any more bad luck than that, right? Wrong. Random massive foul trouble for Josh Green and random massive blowout to bail out the faders. It's just unbelievable. And how about Isaiah Jackson? Two quickest fouls in NBA history? Put it on the board. Unbelievable. Take Killen Hayes over a fancy score. Just needs like six in the second half. Injured. Barely plays. Duarte injured. It's just like, come on, right? You, that can't happen. I will apologize for building a lineup that was duped a ton. I didn't think it would happen. I, I'm sorry. I did not think this would happen. My lineup was duped a ton. I think every single person that played Giannis had this lineup. And the reason I was okay having this lineup, I didn't think it was going to be duped, was because Giannis was questionable. And Everyone that had this lineup was in the same scenario where if Giannis did not play, I would have had to leave like 3,000 on the table. I would have had to play like uh, Bobby Portis. I would have to leave like a lot of money on the table. Or it wasn't Middleton. I think I could have played Middleton. But I would have to leave like 3K on the table. I just, there's no way everyone took that risk too. There's no way. Literally, Giannis, 18% in high stakes, uh, 13% low stakes. But I swear, every single person that played Giannis had this lineup. And the reason I was okay having it was because I didn't think people were going to take that risk because I literally would have had to leave like 3000 on the table if Giannis did not play. But uh, yeah, so that was the recap there again. Killing Hayes injury, Chris Duarte injury, Isaiah Jackson, massive foul trouble, Josh Green, massive foul trouble and massive blowout of the random variety. Just more proof, more proof that no one runs. I had to deal with this every day. Every single day, and we're still cashing. On a hot streak, and I continue to run awful, right? Hayes, Duarte, don't get injured. Green doesn't get in massive foul trouble. Probably a massive, massive. I'm still 3x night with all that horrific luck. And I mean horrific, right? There's just, there's just no one. There's just no one that runs worse. No one. It is not possible. And I know we're, I, I say that a lot on the channel. I wish I didn't have to. It is what it is, right? So that is the recap. Hope you guys had a good night. Hope you avoided some of the injuries and massive foul trouble. Um, before we do talk about this eight-game slate, though, I do want to mention uh, the sponsor of the video. That would be Prize Picks. Use the code DKDFS for 100% match up to $100. It'll be linked down below as well. And more in-depth content. EFS prize picks. You can check my Patreon linked down below. All right, so let's get into the video. Let's hope for no injuries tomorrow. That'd be greatly, greatly appreciated. And uh, yeah, so start off with Cleveland and Charlotte. On the Cleveland side, no Jared Allen. But I think you get the same starting lineup uh, with Lamar Stevens moving into uh, the starting lineup. With that being said, uh, Evan Mobley does look a bit better. He dealt with a little bit of foul trouble last game. Still played 39 minutes. It's a great match against Charlotte. 
Um, he should play majority at the five. So I do like Mobley, even that's even at the price point. Mitchell and Garland. I like the ceiling on both. I wouldn't call either priority, but again, it's a really good matchup, and you're just going to get big minutes for these guys. Like In competitive games, they're playing close to 40 minutes a game, so that's the positive with those two guards. Levert at 5K, uh, still played 34 minutes last game um, with uh, Mitchell and Garland both healthy, but again, that was because no Jared Allen, so I think he's reasonable, but definitely not a priority. Isaac Okoro, like, obviously he's close to 30 minutes. It's Okoro, though. He still has a low floor. Um, Lamar Stevens started and played 30 minutes. If he starts again, I think he's fine. He's not the best point per minute guy, but a 3.5K, that makes him playable. You probably see, uh, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes from Ricky Rubio is not a bad point per minute guy. Playable dart throw. And Chetty Osman uh, did see only eight minutes. There's a chance if he plays better, he could play a little bit more. Like maybe Lamar Stevens or Coro play less and Chetty plays more. But um, yeah, so that is um, Cleveland. Let's move out of Charlotte. Tough matchup here for the Hornets, but... I think, you know, some of the main guys are playable in tournaments. Rogier, Ubre, like in competitive games, he's there playing close to 40 minutes. Like in the same matchup uh, a couple days ago, you saw 39 minutes for uh, Terry Rogier. Uh, Kelly Ubre played 36 minutes. So they're playable uh, tournament options. Gordon Hayward at 7 1 is fine. Washington 6 7. Eh, I don't love the price point as much there. Um, I still like Nick Richards at 5K. He's going to start. He's going to play around 30 minutes. He's a good point per minute guy. It's not the best matchup, but I still like Richards. I do have some interest in Kai Jones, who got the backup five run, dealt with massive foul trouble and fouled out in 13 minutes. I think he would have played more, and I'm not sure if the field's going to pick up on that. So I think on average, you're probably going to get close to 20 minutes from Kai Jones. So I actually do like him at 3.3, and I don't think a lot of people will go there. As far as the rest of the team goes, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is 5.2. I played 37 minutes last game. I think he is a decent play there in the mid-range. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that's... I don't think I'm going to get to anyone else. Like, besides Kai Jones, I'm not going to go to, like, Bryce McGowns or Steve McKayluke or JT Thor. I just don't think I can do that. Detroit, Washington, so... Piston slates. We've got a Piston slate and we got a Spurs slate. I assume the guys that missed tonight are going to be out once again. If that is the case, and Killian Hayes actually plays, um, I like Killian Hayes a good amount. Uh, again, barely, barely played in the second half after he was smashing in the first half. Just so incredibly tilting. Livers uh, got a bit banged up. Andel foul trouble only played 20 minutes, but on average, I think he's going to play high 30s. Corey Joseph had a huge game off the bench in 32 minutes, but um, I don't know if he's going to play that much uh, as long as Killian Hayes is available. Duran. Wiseman, they're going to split center position. Wiseman at 6-9. Had a good game, but I don't know if I can pay that price point for him. Duran at 5-5. Five, five, maybe a little bit easier to get to, but I don't love the price points of either of those centers. Eugene Amorier, he's probably going to be really popular. Started, played 32 minutes. Like, he's just like an energy guy. Like I, He's like pretty similar player to like a Jared Vanderbilt. He's not like a high usage guy. He can do a lot of different things. And I uh, played 32 minutes. I think he's going to be one of the more popular values in the slate, but for good reason. Magruder's 3-5. He played 32 minutes. That's... Viable value as well. RJ Hampton saw 24 minutes. He's a viable dart throw. So a lot of these Pistons guys are playable, but there is blowout risk for sure. Moving on to Washington. So Kuzma status is pretty big. If he misses, it's the usage bump to Porzingis and Beal in a great spot. And then you probably get Denny in the starting lineup, I would guess. I guess they could go small too with Corey Kispert. We'll see. But yeah, Porzingis and Beal, uh, they're fine if Kuzma is in, but they look a lot better if Kuzma's out. And like I said, it's a great, great spot. Kuzma himself, if he plays, same thing, reasonable. But if he misses, you should get more minutes for Denny. You should get more minutes for Kispert. Denny would be the guy I'd look to probably for value if there's no Kuzma, just because he's not a bad point for a guy and probably would expect, you know, high 20s minutes from him. You know, Gafford's 4-6. I think he's a fine tournament play. His minutes fluctuating a little bit. Monte Morris, DeLon Wright, they're kind of splitting the point guard duties. 
Um, probably give the edge to Moore since he's starting, but uh, you can still consider DeLon Wright, I guess. Don't think I'll get to anyone else, though, on Washington. So let's move on to Denver and Toronto. For Denver, we got Jamal Murray status up in the air and Reggie Jackson probable. Nicole Jokic, um, yeah, 77 and 87 back-to-back games. But when I play, right, when I play, no one played Jokic three slates ago. Fantastic matchup at home. No one. Absolutely no one played him. 45 fantasy points when I, when I play him. Next two games, 77 and 87. I will say, though, last time uh, they played, uh, Toronto did a decent job defending Jokic. So I don't think he's a must, but still a guy with a massive ceiling. If Jamal Murray misses, I would assume Bruce Brown starts. I hope Jamal Murray plays. I, I don't want to play Bruce Brown. I put him so, so, so many times with Jamal Murray out. Every time he's just a bust, but he would see a minutes bump and play the point guard position, start of the point guard, most likely if Jamal Murray's out. Gordon MPJ would look a little bit better if there's no Jamal Murray. KCP is always just what he is. And then Reggie Jackson would play a little bit more too if there's no Jamal Murray. But he did get a price hike to 4.8K. All right, moving on to Toronto. So I hate this team when they're full out. I just can't stand it. I can never get this team right, all right? Never. Finally play Van Fleet. Fantastic matchup. Everyone else smashes besides them, right? It's the Scotty Barnes random game that I talk about. 55? When I play Scotty, teamed himself. 20 fantasy points. But a fully healthy team, you better believe it's a, it's a Scotty Barnes takeover. How about OG Ananobi? How about a 50 bomb for him? Yaka Pirtle? Massive game for him, too. Everyone besides Van Fleet. I finally, finally play someone on Toronto with a fully healthy team. Massive bust. I just, I hate this team, right? Because there's no rhyme or reason. If I ever play someone when they're healthy, it's just the, the rest of the guys go off. It's so tilting. So here's my breakdown. Siakam, Van Fleet, Barnes, Pirtle, OG, they're all playable. If this game stays competitive, at least one of these guys is going to have a good game. Good luck trying to figure out which one's going to be. Gary Trent Jr., 4.4. Minutes have ticked down on him. He shot 0 of 9, 2 of 11 last couple games. If he does make a shot, he has a ceiling, so he's playable in tournaments. If you think like Pirtle gets in foul trouble, maybe you can take a shot like Boucher or Chua, but I don't think I'll be going that route. So that's, that's Toronto. It's like probably the quickest breakdown you'll ever get from me, but that's just how it is, right? So... I, I hate this team so much. Moving on to Brooklyn. So, price points finally getting up on these guys, uh, but still think some of these guys are in play. Bridges and Dinwiddie, the two guys with the highest ceiling. I think in a competitive game, you're going to get close to 40 minutes from both. I think I slightly give the edge to Dinwiddie over uh, Mikel Bridges, but I like the ceiling on both Nick Claxton, 6.6. I think we see around 30 minutes from him. Reasonable option in the mid-range. Cam Johnson just continues to go to the locker room every single time I play him, but if he can stay healthy, he probably plays mid-30s minutes and is a totally... Fine option in the mid-range. Royce O'Neal, Jordan Finney-Smith. Reasonable values, but I'm not getting to anyone else. So there's no standouts this time for Brooklyn, but I still think some guys are playable. On the Oklahoma City side, I think SGA at 9-4 does feel a little bit too cheap. You know, he's not on a limit, clearly. He's playing high 30s minutes. I like the matchup for him. So I like Shade there at the top. Giddy, the guard, Jalen Williams, have both had ceiling games with SGA in, but I don't think either of those guys stand out. Lou Dort feels a little pricey. I don't think I'm going to get to anyone else. I mean, if you want to mess with the bigs, you can look at Jalen Williams, the big, or Dario Sarge, but it's just like, you just don't know what you're getting out of these guys. You just don't. I have no idea how many minutes they're going to play. Sarge is not a bad point per minute guy, but I played him with half the team out three sites ago, and he played six minutes because that's a thunder for you, right? So I just, your guess is as good as mine with, with minutes for those guys. Moving on to Lakers. 
Um, AD is probable. LeBron James still out. So Anthony Davis himself against the Pelicans, I think is a good play here. But a little bit quiet last couple games. But I like the ceiling on him a lot. D'Angelo Russell's taken over last couple games. Played 35 minutes last game. I don't think he's going to continue to shoot like 70% from the field, though. But um, I think he's still a good option there at 7-1. Schroeder moved back to the bench. Only played 26 minutes. A little bit tough for me to go to him. Vanderbilt feels priced right. Beasley has really, really struggled. Um, you will get a decent shooting game from him eventually. When you do, he can break the slate. So he's like a little bit interesting. He's kind of like a buy low candidate for tournaments. Austin Reeves continues to play well, continues to play 25 to 30 minutes. He's a fair play. Troy Brown Jr. should see decent minutes, um, you know, probably mid-20s, but he's not the best point per minute guy. Rui Hashimura, 3.8, has been playing, you know, somewhere in the low 20s minute range, a fine dart throw in uh, tournaments. On the Pelican side, this one comes down to Brandon Ingram. He's questionable. Brandon Ingram's out. I Really, really like this Pelicans team. CJ McCollum would be one of the best plays. The slate at 8K. Trey Murphy, Herb Jones get a massive usage bump. They should see a ton of minutes. Um, Trey Murphy went off last game. Herb Jones did as well. So there'd just be a lot to like for the Pelicans. Najee Marshall started. Um, the faders got bailed out um, with just a floor game from him. But I think he'd be a good value if he starts again. Josh Richardson would see more run off the bench. He would be a decent option. Um, Larry Nance probably plays the backup five and is a reasonable play there at 3-5. Um, and then JV himself has minutes. You never know where you're going to get from him, but he's a good point from a guy. Went for 34 fancy points in 21 minutes last game. So there'd just be a ton to like here for the Pelicans if Ingram is out. If Ingram's in, then I like Ingram and CJ at the top still. Assuming no limitations. Um, yeah, still would like Ingram. And then just downgrade the everyone else. Downgrade Murphy, downgrade Herb Jones, downgrade Jay Rich. Um, Najee Marshall moved back to the bench. He would get the starting lineup of CJ, um, Ingram, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, and JV. Orlando and San Antonio. So you got Franz Wagner status up in the air. And to be honest, I don't know what they're going to do with the starting lineup. I guess they could go to Chumo Kiki. He's been like out of the rotation, but he's technically the backup to Franz. So maybe he gets the start if Franz is out, or they just try to go small a bit and move Gary Harris to the three, maybe move Jalen Suggs in the starting lineup. So I'm curious what happens there if Franz Wagner misses. But as far as the top guys go, Paolo Bancaro, 7'7". Seven, seven. I like the matchup for him. I think the price point feels about right. Markel Fultz at 6'5". You know, it's kind of up and down, but still a fine tournament play. Mona Carter Jr. I think is pretty safe at 6'3". We should see, I don't know, low 30s minutes from him in a good matchup. Um, Anthony, Suggs, they're both fine, but they look better, I think, if Franz Wagner's out. Gary Harris at 3.8K continues to play high 20s minutes. If he knocks down his shots, you know, like he has the last couple of games, or he goes for three steals and two blocks, he can get you there, but... Last couple games with a bit of an outlier performance for there for Gary Harris. Not going to get to Mo Wagner at the price point. Not going to get to Bull Bull. And uh, yeah, so that's it. Again, I'm curious if Franz Wagner misses, who will start? And then Franz Wagner himself at 6'4", if he does play, just like a filler play. Moving on to the Spurs. How does Devin Vassell not get there last game? Could someone, like, I, I don't understand how that's even possible. Team literally to himself against the Thunder, 5% shooting, bust. Don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But Kelton Johnson, Jeremy Sohan, status both up in the air. That's pretty important. If they're both out, my guess for the starting lineup would be Graham, Blake Wesley, Vassell, Bates, Diop, Collins. If that is the case, both guards are going to look really good here. Graham, good point-per-minute guy at 5K, would like him a good amount. Blake Wesley, not the best point-per-minute guy, but if he starts, he'd be a really good value. And then Bates Diop, I think, would be a safe play. He continues to play in competitive games, probably, you know, high 20s minutes. Vassell's ceiling goes way up, even though he has not shown it of late. It is definitely there. And Zach Collins will look better, get a usage bump, as long as he stays out of foul trouble. 
there'd be a lot to like here from the Spurs if those two guys are out. I think you could even make the argument for like Doug McDermott at 3-6, back-to-back games where he's played mid-20s minutes. Um, Sandro Mamukla Shvaley probably sees a little bit of run, played 17 minutes last game. I think he could be interesting. Um, so there would be a decent amount to like from the Spurs if those guys are out. Now, if Keldon and Sohan are both in, then I think the starting lineup is going to be Graham, Bissell, Keldon Johnson, Sohan Collins. And then, assuming no limitations, I like the ceiling quite a bit in Keldon, even though he's literally lost me so, so, so much money this year. Jeremy Sohan's 5'6". I think he'd be a pretty safe play as long as there's no limitations. Collins of Sell would still be playable, and I still would like Graham. I don't know if I'd get to a ton from the bench in that scenario. Like, Bates D.A.P. feel a bit pricey. Bassey, eh. McDermott, eh. So, that's the Spurs. So let's finish up last couple games here. Milwaukee and Phoenix. This one should be a great game to watch. Giannis, well, I played him at low ownership tonight. Worked out in a big, big way. Um, matchup against the Suns, maybe not necessarily the best, but there's no limit on Giannis tonight, so I like him. I don't really think I can get to anyone else, though. Ingles should be back. He just rested today, so a lot of these guys are priced way up from when Giannis was out. He's now back, so it's basically just Giannis for me. On the Suns side, Booker, Paul, Aiton, like the ceiling on all three. Um, I think Paul and Aiton a little bit easier to get to, factoring in price, but Booker, I'm still has the ceiling at 10.1K, so all three of the main guys are viable. Gosh, a Koji 5-2, he should play 30-plus minutes. He's a fair play in the mid-range. Ross and Craig should kind of split the four duties. Um, Craig probably a little bit safer. Ross, if he can knock down a shot, probably has a little bit of a higher ceiling. If you think this game like randomly blows out or Chris Paul doesn't play as much, you can look to a 3.3K campaign. It's not a bad point for a guy, but um, that's the Suns. And let's finish it up with New York and Toronto. So, or New York and Portland, I should say. Uh, Jalen Brunson, not likely to play. Um, they said unlikely to suit up for Tuesday's game. So with that being said, I like Randall. I like quickly and I like Barrett again. Um, now quickly was massive chalk last slate because he had the big game. I preferred Randall and Barrett. Randall and Barrett came in at low ownership. They both smashed. So the ceiling goes up in all three of Randall quickly Barrett quickly is going to start probably play. I don't know, 35 plus minutes. So there's a lot to like here for the Knicks. If Brunson's out and it doesn't sound like he's going to play. Um, I just mentioned it with Randall, right? I was like, all right, he's not going to continue to shoot this bad, right? It's not like his role changed. He was just shooting awful. 5 of 17, 8 of 22, 5 of 24. And he finally had a decent shooting game, went for 50-plus fancy points. So, like the ceiling on Randall, like the ceiling quickly, like the ceiling on Barrett. I think Josh Hart is probably, honestly, the easiest to get to because of the price point. He should play low 30s minutes. He's just a guy that can stuff the stat sheet. He's probably not going to kill you. And if he has a decent shooting game, like, he can have a ceiling. We saw 40-plus from him three games ago. Mitchell Robinson is a guy that, you know, if he stays out of foul trouble, probably plays high 20s to low 30s minutes. Fair tournament play. Hartenstein should play the backup five. If you think Robinson struggles, you can look to a Hartenstein 3-6. Quinn Grimes going to start and probably play 25 to 30 minutes, but he's more of just like a dart throw value. And finally, Portland. So you got Lillard and Grant. Lillard and Grant both questionable which is pretty big. Um, if they both miss, I think the starting lineup will probably be Simons, Reddish, Thibel, Nasir Little, and Nurkic. I guess they could go small and throw um, Shaden Sharp in there, but I think that would be the starting lineup. If that's the case, and the, the Blazers actually don't troll with the minutes like they did last game, I really like Anthony Simons. 6.9K gets a massive bump. Urkic, for some reason, only played five first half minutes, 10 minutes overall. But if he plays closer to 30 minutes without Grant and Lillard, his ceiling's pretty high. Reddish, um, you know, should get a lot of shots up and be a decent option in the mid-range. Thibel should probably play a ton. Nasir Lillard, not the best point per minute guy, but if he would start, he'd be a good value. Then you can even start making the argument again for like Shaden Sharp off the bench. So 
It'd be a good amount to like here from Portland if that's the case. If Dame and Grant are both in, I don't really think there's anything that stands out to me. I think you can still play Dame in tournaments, even in not necessarily the best matchup. Grant Simons both had kind of like the outlier game two games ago with Dame in. Don't think we can expect that again. So um, really, for my interest for Portland comes down to the status of Dame and comes down to the status of Jeremy Grant. All right, guys, so that's going to wrap up the video. Um, really appreciate you for watching. As always, just make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell if you do enjoy. Keep an eye out for the prize picks video. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next one.